0: Hey guys, this is Robert Breedlove from the What is Money Show. And as you've learned by watching this show, Bitcoin is the single most important asset you can own in the 21st century. And one of the most important companies in Bitcoin today is NIDIG. NIDIG's mission is to facilitate financial security for all. They accomplish this by bringing a high level of professionalization and sophistication to the Bitcoin marketplace. As a true game-changer in the industry, Nidig is safely unlocking the power of Bitcoin for forward-thinking individuals and institutions alike. By using Nidig, you will gain access to an end-to-end institutional-grade platform, providing Bitcoin OTC transactions, Bitcoin collateralized borrowing, secure custody, asset management, derivatives, financing, market research, and more. And all of these services meet the highest regulatory, governance, and audit standards. Led by Robbie Gutman, Yin Zhao, and Ross Stevens, NIDIG has absolutely exploded onto the Bitcoin scene recently and is leading the way for ongoing institutional adoption in this nascent asset class. So please be sure to check out NIDIG as a single source for all your Bitcoin needs. Jeff and I had a little Twitter exchange uh, with another guy between our recording sessions yesterday. And this sort of dovetails from our discussion on day one where we're saying that we, it seems that the economy could be headed, in, we're, we're in choppy waters, let's say. We're in very deeply uncharted territory uh, in this fiat currency experiment. And it seems like there's a systemic transition underway. It, we are transitioning from a, a legacy failing system that is in many ways trying to fight the laws of nature. It's fighting technological innovation and price deflation, um, running up against a world that's you know innovating uh, faster than ever, just exponentially more faster in the digital age. So we saw this deflationary shock in March 2020, and the general discussion point was, you know, could that happen again? What does that look like if it does? Where? What are? What is the I guess, correct positioning, uh, directionally at least. And um, and where do we go from there? What happens in the aftermath of an event like that? So welcome back, Jeff. Uh, would love to maybe just dive into that topic and then we can flip back to our, our longer arc.
1: Oh, sure. And and it's probably, you, you, I think you summed it up really well there. We we're in a phase transition between systems. and And so, and, and in that phase transition, there's going to be, people are so focused on the micro, the day-to-day, and they're watching what's happening day-to-day that they're missing the big picture of what's happening. And, and so what I would s- s- expect is a whole bunch of flailing from the existing system as it unwinds. And that's not gonna be a straight line. And I can't tell you what happens today, tomorrow or anything else, but, I can t- so, but I can, we can get some hints um, and we talked about a, a couple of those yesterday, but if you if if you think about today, if inflation is so today, the news is inflation is uh, uh, is moving higher. Um, jobs report was better. Ten uh, year yield is going up, and everything else. And if inflation is is moving higher, then then the bond market is going to demand higher rates because they're because they're uh, lose, uh, losing money, those rates will go way higher to try to offset that inflation. Mm -hmm. But if the rates go higher, um, the entire economy collapses. No, uh, no business could, could handle those uh, very few businesses could handle those rates and that, that, and it changes, it changes the economic value of stocks, housing, everything else, and the governments themselves, it changes. Uh, it, 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 you're so offside right now that those, those rate changes change uh, uh, change the structure. The governments go broke. Mm-hmm. So as that happens, and 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 now you have you have hedge funds front running that happening. Right? They know what's they, they know the, the 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 bigger game. Everybody understands how that's going gonna, to gonna look. The smaller, the game within the game. You're going to have. Flows back and forth. That uh, that kind of um, because if interest rates go up, the economy collapses. You know, you know, interest rates can't go up. So the government's so so the Fed is going to have to suppress the yield curve, and and and, and bring down uh, bring down rates. Now, yesterday, uh, Powell says they're not they're going to let the market decide. Good luck. Right. Yep. And, and, and so, so it, cause if the market decide decides against this inflation rate, the, the true rate of what market rates would demand are so much higher than, than, than people that even could imagine yeah. to protect against that inflation. Right. Um, right. so there's no way the market's going to decide, uh, they're going to have, because if the market decides the entire economy collapses and we see what's there been there all along. Right. Um, it's, it's just a house of cards. And so, so I, I think even this conversation, it could happen after the series comes out before it could happen and it has a whole bunch of different implications for, for what that looks like. I'd say to the people that are watching this, expect choppiness, expect to, expect to I, personally, if that's, if that happens and, and it's a sell off, like you said on, uh, in March, Um, of Bitcoin and everything else, that becomes a really great buying opportunity for Bitcoin. Yeah, definitely.
0: And this, and we are today, this is March 5th, 2021. Uh, Interestingly enough, about almost exactly one year after the last um, collapse, which I think was the liquidity crisis, which was March 12th, I believe last year. Um, So if I can maybe assimilate that, it's as if the, we know, the U.S. Treasury, the 10 year U.S. Treasury, the yield on that serves as a roughly an inflation expectation proxy, right? So as yields go up, that means there's more expected inflation, essentially, um, and right. bonds are, are inverse. So as yields go up, that means prices go down. Um, and those rates underpin the cost of capital, right? So that's, that's the cost of capital that washes across the entire economy. Um, and given that the current capital structure in most of the world is debt. It's most, it's very heavily indebted. It's where I think our number is 350% global debt to GDP. Higher rates are crushing to the economy. So exactly. central banks will basically, if they say they're gonna, they're gonna let the market decide, you and I know based on what the market would do that a natural interest rate would be much higher than the artificial interest rate because uh, the, the way to think about this maybe is that the interest rates, the price of money, Money is insuring market actors against uncertainty and we are in the most uncertain economy, perhaps in all history. So the natural interest rate is much higher than the, the, the nominal interest rate. Exactly.
1: And so what would, what would the stock market look like in that event? If they, if the market actually decided mm-hmm. it would wipe out everything, it'd, it'd be a 90% collapse there would be it would look like the great depression it would be if the market if the market decided today on rates that's what it would uh, uh, it would keep on deciding which and, it would be and, that and 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 that and that's actually why i think everybody knows that there's going to be further yield yield, yield curve control yes it, it's going to be a forcing function and the and the fed is going to come back in yes and not just the fed central banks all over the, all over the world, they're going to come back in. So it's a game of chicken, but that game of, that game of chicken has, has almost exact opposite per effects on your portfolio.
0: Right.
1: So if, if you're, uh, if you're heavy in stocks and that game of chicken, and, and, and the fed says, okay, we're going to let this go for a while. Stocks are going to cr- get crushed. So we're all other asset cl- uh, So we're all uh, asset classes and having cash in that environment, is a good thing. Yes. If, yeah. you're, if you're on the opposite side of that, having cash in an environment where where there's massive printing and yield curve control and everything else, your your cash is getting wiped out.
0: Right. And this is all what we're talking about here. And something we'll get into much more deeply later on is it's error correction, right? We've been accumulating errors. <laughs> Uh, by suppressing the, the interest rate effectively for 50 plus years now. And it, you can't, you cannot avoid the inevitable correction. Like market. You're,
1: sen- you, you're essentially centrally planning an economy. Yes. With yes. with very few people making decisions. Yeah. And, so, right. and, 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 and the economy and, and there's no uh, history proves you can't do that.
0: Right. And
1: so the error
0: rate or the error magnitude swells as the longer that central planning was carried out and it has to be corrected at some point. If you would have... Yeah.
1: Coming. (laughs) Yeah. Building on that, if you just take this back 20 years, um, what would have happened in a natural course as technology uh, was deflating things, rates would have gone way up.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And you would have had a clearing of the... uh, You would have had a clearing of the excesses of the system Right. Uh, And it would have stayed more stable than it is. Instead, you kept on suppressing interest rates and thinking that you're dealing in a different world. And and I can grow my way out of it by suppressing right. interest rates. Right. And so so you started suppressing so 20 years ago, 25. You suppressing interest rates more and more and more so. And every um, if you want one thing you could guarantee, look at the Congressional Bus- Budget Office for projections of growth after an interest rate decline. It's the one thing you could you could if you wanted to short their projections, you can make a lot of money. <laughs>
0: Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, It speaks to the, the ineptitude of central planning. Um, and I guess the last point here that's really important is that when this, I would say that the March 2020 liquidity crisis was a microcosm of what we're talking about could be the, the big event. Right? There's going to be at some point this deflationary shock, a flight to safety, where people are, you know, uncertainty has spiked, volatility has spiked, people are seeking shelter in dollars, treasuries, gold. Um, in that event, all risk assets get crushed to the hardest of which Bitcoin still lives far out on that risk spectrum today. Um, and I remember during that event, people were calling me like, why, why isn't Bitcoin going up right now? Shouldn't Bitcoin be going up?" I was like, that's not how it works. It's there's a flight to safety in these liquidity crises, but then the response to that liquidity crisis by the central bank, where they just pump in all this additional artificial liquidity, take reserve requirements down to zero, you know, all penalty to the metal, so to speak, from a central bank policy tool perspective, that's what creates the tailwinds for Bitcoin. And that's what we've seen, right? In addition to the having schedule, which drives Bitcoin, um, you know, in our model, it's, it's not completely really I mean, ahead of schedule on its on its price due to that. Yeah. And
1: at some at some point, uh, it won't fall the same as it did last March, even in those events. Right. Because what's happening is people are starting to realize Bitcoin is is actually the risk-free rate. Yes, it's the it's it's the it's the thing that is actually the most uh, uh, the most true market signal around, and it's open all the time.
0: Yes, the way 100%. I like to describe it as the. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, so but but over time, so even that won't have the same uh, negative effect on 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 Bitcoin. People people know what's coming next.
0: Right, I describe it as the ultimate risk-on asset competing to be the ultimate risk off asset. That's
1: a that's a great way to <laughs> that's a great way.
0: And the market cap uh, tells you how far along it is in that journey. So exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's good. I think that's really important we talked about that because it's it's important for people to understand that that you know these things are not instantaneous. It's not like the system blows up and Bitcoin goes straight up. It's there's a flight to the safest assets in the room and then uh, those assets, which you know, largely dollars and treasuries, become more diluted, and that provides a tailwind for the growth in scarce assets.
1: Yeah, and then then what ends up happening in that too? But because we live in an immediate world, right? We're on Twitter. Everyone else, and then everybody says, "I told you so," and 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 it starts to reframe. But you're really you're looking at a at a at a narrow point in time against a way bigger trend so it's just important to constantly zoom out where are we in this there's bound to be some fluctuations on the way through of a uh, of a transit a phase transition between between currencies that were to where we're going going there's bound to be a lot of choppiness
0: absolutely and i think that maybe that is the double if we say the digital age as a as a double-edged sword or has a dark side maybe that's kind of the dark side is it does make us a little more short-term, it can pull us into more short-term thinking because there's just so much information coming out all the time. That's why, to your point, it's very important to always try to zoom out um, yeah. and see the broader changes going on. And to that end, you know, we, we kind of left off um, our, our longer arc discussion, talking about digital platforms and how they've gained so much value in the marketplace by aggregating in standardizing customer access to supply. Whether the supply is Amazon books or uh, consumer attention in Facebook, whatever it may be, it's the, the digital digital infrastructure and in companies let us pull supply in a way and at a lower cost than was ever even by orders of magnitude higher than is possible in the analog age in physical space, like say in a bookstore or a billboard or whatever it may be. And I guess the, the, the interesting one there was when we looked at Google, make the point in the book that Google actually what they're doing is they're extending the reach of sellers really, or advertisers, but they're, they're doing this by giving customers the illusion of choice, which I thought was really interesting. You say right. that we, we search something on Google, we get a billion results, but no one ever goes past page one. So, right. so Google's sort of really deciding what, you buy, the Google algorithm, I guess we could say, is deciding uh, consumer behavior or heavily influencing consumer behavior, not deciding necessarily. Um, And I thought that was so interesting for me because like, that's the same tactic we use on our 2 year (laughs) old When we want her to do something, you know, put on your pants. And she's like, I don't want to put on my pants. like, well, do you want your pink pants or your blue pants? And then she's like, okay, I guess I'll take the blue ones. So it's like backing them into making this decision. It seems like that same, Maybe a more sophisticated version of that, but the same type of psychological tactic is being used um, by a Google. Like, do you see it that way or is well, it?
1: A hundred percent. Every product you use is designed in a different way today around getting you to use it. Mm. It's, and it's designed into the product. So from the little red button that shows up on your email or on your phone, it's impossible not to press that button. Mm when on the tweets on the side you see how many new uh, people you have and, and direct, it's it's so hard not to press it it's okay. designed into the way we understand the brain today and the and the way it, uh, imaging and everything else in the brain you can essentially back-end human behavior into a pro- technology product incredible it's a, and and I mean this because and, and sorry I do it hopefully for good um but uh, but 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 literally in in product, that's what you're doing. A a very big change from the way it used to work to forget technology the way you used to go to market to, to the way you go to market now is, is you used to go find buyers. And once you had enough buyers, you'd go find supply.
0: Right.
1: Now it's the opposite. Supply equals demand. Hmm. So you aggregate supply. So the game in all these platforms is aggregating supply and getting the supply to do the work on your platform. And as they do more work on your platform, so the the gamification of that design through game theory, through a whole bunch of how do they get more views and, and compete with each other as you're driving more and more supply equals once you hit a tipping point on supply, it just keeps on getting better and better and better. And you're able to use artificial intelligence to be able to match better, predict which supply gets to see who which person and which person and it becomes really valuable for us as 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 users a, a story year two year old uh and, and this is before some of the brain imaging and what the this is one of the behavior science uh uh one of the top uh, industry experts um years ago i remember going to one of his conferences and i, I was spellbound for for hours. See, as as he went through this, he called it the pick nuff process, and by pick nuff, pick, uh, positive, immediate, certain, against negative, uncertain future consequences. And so, if now, so what he said, and they used examples to be able to do that. And so he said, uh, take smoking. Why it's so hard to to change that is. Um, it positive you you know what you get when you're small. it's immediate and it's certain and the faster the immediacy, see the more more of a habit it creates in you against a negative cancer or something like that i uncertain I might die of cancer everybody knows their eighty year old grandfather is uh, some person who hasn't died of cancer, so that it's uncertain <laughs> and and it's a future consequence and and when your picks outweigh your uh, 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 it's impossible to change that behavior change so you change behavior with picks that out influence the existing picks not the not the negative future and I'm going to give you an example of what I did with this but texting while driving exactly the same challenge to society because the immediacy the positive I get that text I need to look at I need to it's that little surprise you don't need to look at it but it's that little surprise in your brain I have to I have to it's immediate and it's certain against. Negative. I might crash into somebody. Uncertain in future, and so those things are in our society are really so t- t- tough to to change, and they're ch- tough to change because they're human patterns that we drive into, and so those human patterns are exploited in technology products to be able to create habits. That's what that, that's the way it looks like. I came back from this conference. My daughter was four years old, and we uh, and she hated piano she hated, but we she for us piano was a must and our family. you had to, had to learn piano it was just a skill set we wanted our kids to learn so and we were treated the future the future uncertain and everything else and, and she hated it my wife was uh, constantly battling she would uh, battle and I said okay l- let me try something I got piano for the next week it just not, not a word. I sat down with her, as you can imagine, four-year-old battling and everything else. I sat down with her panel bench and I said, show me what you learned this week. Bonk, bonk. And it was terrible. Like she didn't try because she was, uh, and I said, wow, that's incredible. Positive. Yeah. <laughs> every time. And then, and then I sat down with her again. the next. And every time I just, positive, positive immediate certain, and, and more, and then she sat down without me. And I, I ran in and holy cow, you're the practice. She, her teacher said in that week, she said she learned more in a year than in, uh, uh, in, in that week. And, and she's glowing. Um, and she comes, uh, co- comes home and, and her piano, what she did in piano blew our minds in the next, <laughs> the next couple of years blew our minds wow. because it was all about her doing it. And I unwound and I, and that example, I kind of unwound. Okay, it's true everywhere. It's true in me. The things I'm good at are the things that 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 somebody gave me positive reinforcement early in the path. And I might it might have just because been because I was around a whole bunch of people that were really bad at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and I wanted to do more, and it became practice, and I wanted to do, uh, to do more. So that. That's a small example, really small example of what's being built into every single technology product today, and and wow. it's just a very small example.
0: That's so interesting. The the, the documentary that comes to mind is the Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen that one on Netflix yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they talk about all these. I guess there's psychophysiological cues where they're, they're targeting the lower brainstem to trigger dopamine okay. response, et cetera, et cetera, right. to just get you to engage with the tech they need you to look at their app more you know swipe whatever gesture they need you to do to sell your attention to advertisers they're 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 purposely trying to solicit that exactly
1: and some of the some of the technology products are way worse than others and facebook is one an example yeah um if you're using a free product you're the product yes yeah. Right. So, 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 and you're the product they're selling to advertisers. Since that's not a bad thing or is if you want that trade off, that's part of the trade off and using the mm-hmm. free product. Um, and, and, and others do that differently. Um, so to me, Apple does a pretty good job of pre- protecting your privacy, but it's yeah. actually the exact same thing. So Apple, uh, my watch knows more about me than my doctor.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it knows
1: my yeah. sleep patterns it knows my heart rate all the time it knows a whole bunch of things and if apple asked me one day say hey could you give us your genome and i trust the privacy of their network um it, it would give me better outcomes yeah and so so the uh so the in, in all of those things what we're talking about is a collection of data mm-hmm. to drive better uh, better decisions yeah. and it's actually it's actually the same reason why you see uh, monopolies form around that data, right? Be- because, because what, what ends up happening as you do that work, your algorithm gets better and better at prediction on both sides of the supply network. Mm-hmm. So the artificial intelligence gets better and better and better. And it's a winner take all. Yeah. Nobody uses the second best algorithm. Yeah. And, and so, and, uh, and, and so that, that network, and then what we believe, when you go back to that illusion of choice, yeah. um, it's giving us better re- results. And so why would we trust something? Why would we waste our time some, on something that's giving us inferior results? Right. But we don't go to page 46 or 152 yeah. because, uh, uh, because of that. And, and, uh, and, 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 and so, and, and maybe the best result for us is on page 146.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that analogy of data as digital oil, actually, because it's, it's, the, it's an energy network that, you know, even Rockefeller, when he um, started to compete in these markets, he had to standardize, first of all, aggregate, and then standardize access to the supply. And he was just, uh, it became the same type of thing, a monopoly, because everyone needed this homogenous oil to energize their machines, but then the actual logistics of accessing it needed to be standardized. So there was an efficiency gain uh, in doing that. And it's kind of the same with an algorithm, right? Where it's like, everyone's just gonna use the best algorithm because it serves them best and that feeds the growth of the monopoly. Do you think then that the picknuff model that you mentioned, it really sounds like that would be a force actually raising our time preference, which is to say making us think shorter term. Um, yeah,
1: for sure. So, and that's, and that's what, and that's what ends up happening. We get sucked into the attention void. Yeah. And, and, and when we just talked about it in a different context, but the zoom out, we don't get enough time to really think because the technology is, is, is on us all the time. And we, and we believe we, uh, we'll talk about here, but we're going to talk about it a little later in a different section too. But, uh, but, but, we don't really know which ideas are ours in the first place, right? And and and, and what uh, what we really believe, or what we believe because somebody else believes it near us and has influenced us in a, deci- in a decision, and now that is is, it, is we brought that into our belief system. Mm-hmm. And so so if you're if you're constantly in that all the time, you have very little time to step back from the fray. Yeah. And, 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 and see the bigger picture and everything.
0: And you're giving up your sovereignty in a lot of ways, right? Even if you don't, maybe don't know it necessarily, but you've, you've opened up a vector where uh, this platform can uh, incept ideas into you almost, right? They're delivering yeah. advertisements or whatever it may be. That, it reminds me of that quote, I, I don't know who said it, uh, a lie can run around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. Right. Like if, right. you, if you just deliver something with so much immediacy and you know po- positive reinforcement and you're blind to the longer term consequences that it's it's it seems like it could feed really bad behavior like it, that would be the dark side to the digital age i'm alluding to here is that it could but, just yeah
1: this short term or or us believing that the uh, uh, digitization and everything else saves us a whole bunch of time and us getting consumed by the machine, Mm. wasting all our time on. So let's use use Twitter as an example and I enjoy Twitter and everything else, but I'm sensitive to that. I'm not on Twitter all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Because if I'm on Twitter all the time, am I really measuring my life? Like am I there instead of going out skiing or doing uh, things that I really enjoy with friends, family and everything else? So, so, you, you you have to be careful, but it is, it becomes super addictive because as soon as you put up a, as soon as you put up a post, you're you bluffing. want to see who, who, who liked it.
0: Yes. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. The, uh, and, 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 and well, so and belonging, right? Exactly. Am I belonging? Right. Yeah. And, and so it plays off these things and, and, and being so deep in technology and understanding the psychology behind it as well. And the brain science behind it. I also understand, my own interaction with it and yes. can, can can step back from the from the fray to be I, able to understand the bigger picture. I'll tell you what,
0: even watching, while I was watching The Social Dilemma, and you're really talking about stepping back from I mean, it, you're watching the documentary that's telling you what these things are doing to you. I still felt this little spark on my brainstem that wanted to check my Twitter, like probably three times during the documentary. Right, <laughs> right. And it's one thing, you can observe it and see it, but I don't know, and one of the guys in the documentary made that point, he's like, I built this stuff, but I still feel, uh, you know, caught up in it. If I'm, if I'm actively engaging with it, it's still an addiction for him. So it, it you have to find these times to, to really, I think detox from it in many ways. Yep. Um, there's,
1: there's another thing that's tied to this and, and, and I, I can't remember who it might've been Chris Dixon, but I can't remember, Uh, um, uh, but it was really thoughtful. You make all you, you make money from either unbundling or bundling. Mm, right. And so centralization or decentralization. Yeah. And it goes in it, and, and when I think about that it goes in waves throughout time. Yes. Yes. And 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 why? Because so the the internet itself was supposed to be the great decentralization. Yeah. Right. So every everyone had a choice yeah. And what ended up happening? We centralized power faster. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and why? So it sounds, okay, well, we shouldn't have done that. Let's go back to decentralization, which, is hap- which a lot of people on blockchain and everything else right now is happening. And it will happen in currency, like we're talking about yeah. Bitcoin and, and the works. But why? And let's leave Bitcoin out of, because once that's done, I think it will stay decentralized. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, but let's, uh, let's talk about some of the other things. Why does that happen? And it and it, it happens because we compromise. Human beings compromise. Decentralization is too hard for mm-hmm. us to. We, we don't want to go to every single place to make a decision.
0: Right.
1: We want something to. The, Google says, "Here's the place to go."
0: We so they do. Make- we
1: need. We, we need something to simplify all of our decision making process so that we can get through the complexity.
0: Yeah. And this is the that's same insane. reason we, we trust experts, right? It's like we can't be an expert in every domain, so I need to you know read your book, be like, hey, this guy studied it. I like what he says. I need to trust that you've done the work. Exactly. I don't have the time to do sort of exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think that's yeah, it's a great point, and yeah, those waves of centralization and decentralization um, seems like Bitcoin could be kind of the base layer to a re-decentralization of the internet where people start to own their own data. It, at least in theory right now, it doesn't exist in, in practice. Uh, but there's, there's projects like like Yerbit, that's very interesting in this space. And if that happens, if people then that are today, say using Facebook for free, largely unknowingly that they're the product, I think they're just giving up their free data if they are now given an incentive, which would be, hey, you can, instead of giving that data away for free, you can own that data and, and monetize it through whatever channels may come available, that can actually break those data monopolies like Facebook and Twitter, et cetera. So,
1: so once they're that big, it's really difficult because there's others who would do that today. Yeah. And, 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 and why they don't gain any traction is once you've aggregated supply, like I said, the algorithm mm-hmm. is so good. It provides so much value to you that you can't unlock a new a whole bunch of supply fast enough to be able to break that network effect.
0: So you don't think that my, my hypothesis here is that perhaps the monetary incentives of the individual user owning their own data or monetizing their own data could, be, could become a force significant enough to break network effects. <laughs>
1: Maybe, but probably. So I, I, I don't think you think about that yeah. um, when you're going to make that choice. And right. that's, the, that's, the, that, that's the thing. Like it, it, it sounds good in theory,
0: yeah.
1: but, do, but doing that and saying, okay, Robert, here's, here you can monetize your network and you could make against the network right now, where our scale of our network right now, you get privacy, but you can make one penny a week Mm. Or one penny a month. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's got to be some tipping point. In there that has point.
1: to be some tipping exactly, and and that tipping point could be either I massively fund it and break that through. Uh, but you have to create so much value for a new supply supply to change from one place to another. And you'd
0: have to go narrow right first. Exactly. Punch through. I will.
1: T- I'll, I'll tell you an area that I'm uh, that, that kind of with, with government that I that I'm talking about this right now. Um, health will look exactly the same as the other monopolies mm-hmm. with a winner take all in health that will do everything and and you'll trust it because the algorithm will give you better health mm-hmm. um, Unless uh, and, unless governments start getting their act together with going privacy first and then you own your health data. Right. But it's exactly, we're just really early in that, uh, in that cycle. Yeah. But what, what do you think Amazon, Google, everything else? Why, why did Google buy Fitbit? Is for the same reason. Yeah. And as you're aggregating that data and you aggregate more and more data sets, AI can see outcomes that you can't see. Yeah. So is privacy right. then the fulcrum? Privacy, privacy, gonna... privacy for health, I believe, becomes a fulcrum. Wow. But, if, but if it doesn't happen fast enough, then there's gonna be too much value in the network and privacy will do, it's exactly the same
0: thing here. Yeah, it's gravitational almost, right?
1: It's Because the outcomes are so much better. That's actually why you use them. The outcomes, you're making a choice without without realizing you're making a choice because the outcomes are so good.
0: Right, to your earlier point about, well, actually we discussed before the show about network effects. It's not increasing the number of network participants that's the value, it's the connections between the participants growing exponentially relative to the number of participants that, that draws people in. There's just so much more value being generated by the network.
1: And, and by the way, that's a super important point for a whole bunch of the altcoins today and everything else. And I'm not saying some won't work. Um, I'm not saying anything like that. But to say they all have network effects is not true. Mm. Ne- a network effect has to add more value to each participant in the network from what the system is doing. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, it's so I equate uh, a lot of what's happening in altcoins today to eyeballs in the, in, in, uh, in the internet uh, to in 2000, just before the dot com crash, where everybody was chasing eyeballs and eyeballs because Amazon had lots of eyeballs and on a network effect eyeballs became super valuable and a whole bunch of people bought more eyeballs. Um, more, more visitors, and it had no value back into the network. Right. And so, so all of those went to, how many went to zero at the, t- at the time out of the same thing. So when I look at the, uh, and again, I want to be careful because there will be, will be value created in some of the different altcoins. But, w- but when I look at all of that, uh, all of what's going on, on there, um, most are not. Most, yeah. uh, mo- uh, uh, most, uh, most are not creating more value at the network for all users.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great analogy, uh, and it seems like that, that is the, the path that will go. Just that most of them will at best be test net for Bitcoin. Um,
1: and then, and then, what ends up happening is the the winning network, um, and that's what it, it uh, builds. Layer two builds layer three builds builds everything to it. Just like oh. Amazon went from books to uh, to everything else, yeah. and then became and then became web services for everything else, and selling their backend as a service. So it went from business to business to business to business from a narrow offering.
0: Right, and I think too that a lot of this actually, my my hypothesis is, is that there will be absolute consolidation at the base layer. I think Bitcoin will kind of be the base money to this whole, you um, want to call it, a distributed consensus network or whatever. Um, whereas more of the experimentation will occur at higher layers, maybe even on top of Lightning Network or or RGB, these other things. Um, but it seems like, you know, in terms of gaining maximal survivability, immutability, censorship resistance, you need to anchor into the Bitcoin blockchain, and that is a the ultimate winner-take-all market. It's almost like, um, I mean, it's, you, you, everyone wants to be on the most survivable chain. So of course, everyone wants to build a thing on top of Bitcoin. Um, now, it may depend on the use case too. If it doesn't need censorship resistance as much, then maybe they can go build it on Ethereum or some other uh, less secure network. But there's a trade-off there. You're, you're giving up uh, survivability. And,
1: and, and the trade-off today on Ethereum, I just don't know the, what the use case is on Ethereum still the, yeah. the trade-off because it's too expensive to use as a, as a end to do this, uh, uh, to do this, uh, work right now. So I just don't, I don't, uh, it's not a world computer. Yeah. Which it's set out to be.
0: Agreed.
1: And, 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 and when, uh, when you think about, uh, going back to Bitcoin where even, even today, multisig, mm. And, and I think you, you've already explored this as well. Um, but, uh, but when you think about even multi how that change, changes contract law. Yeah. yeah. Like these are staggering advantages. So how, why do we, when you, when you, when you think about why, why I make an agreement with somebody else and on that agreement, who gets paid, what, and what if they don't fulfill? Yeah. You could solve that with multi Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a great piece written on this called, uh, it was written by Parabolic Trav and a co-author whose name escapes me called Bitcoin contract governance. And it, yeah, it, it gives you some inkling as to just how disruptive Bitcoin could be outside the sphere of money. We're talking about yeah. using multi-sig to run a parallel contract system that lives outside of the courts um, that in many use cases where the conditions are relatively objective is more effective and much cheaper than, than reliance on the courts. Right. So uh, yeah, it gets super interesting. When you when you get down that rabbit hole, I had one last question on this picknuff. I love that framework you laid out there. Um, so, using these tools, digital tools, we're opening a little window where uh, an outside enterprise, let's say, can influence our thoughts pretty pretty heavily. Especially if we're engaging with the technology every day, like really heavily. Yeah. yeah. So for me it's Twitter, maybe maybe for you as well. It's like I'm looking at I have a lot of screen time with Twitter. Whatever advertisement they decide to point at me, um, they're getting a lot of attack surface, you could say. Yeah. So and this gets to the thing that I, I tweeted uh about you this morning, I think was um your words live by tweet that you put up, where there's the classic uh quote that Careful of your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your habits, your habits become your character. And, I, I, and that, that's, what, that's what it is. Like it starts with your thoughts that crystallize into your being over time. So you have to be very careful with the raw materials your thoughts. And this is where I think it's really important that people actually sit down and consciously develop a life philosophy. It's you are in many ways sort of software engineering yourself. And if you don't take the time to sit down and do that, you know, as you do uh, your words that you recite every morning and night, and, um, and I want to ask you about what else you do. If you don't do that, then you're opening yourself up to be programmed by other um, interests, I guess you could say.
1: Right. So, and and you still will be. So if you just take um, propaganda, or if you take any brand that you believe is a really great brand, and you say, why do I believe that? is it because of is it is it because you know for sure that that brand has better value than something else or is it because you believe that that's true because you uh, so it's it, it, it's always been true it's just the rate that that happens today in technology is so staggering we have to we have to watch because we're so addicted to it we have to watch for misinformation coming in and er- and back to that error correction Right. One of the things and, and one of the things that it's kind of stepping back from the fray and and going to first principles, asking why do I believe this? Why do I believe? Why is this true? Why is this true? Is that true? Um, can can bring down your beliefs to the things you know for sure are true, yeah. and and once you and, and 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 then you can build on top of that. And it it provides better ways to when you go to light a life philosophy. Um to be able to play in a game that's moving so fast it's hard for our brains to comprehend, yeah right and uh, and 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 we believe it's happening to everybody else, but we're immune to it, and it's happening to us too right. so you'll know you'll notice on Twitter a lot of times when i I don't say you, I say we mm. so we're we are fooled no. not, uh, not because. I have to suspect if if I see something in everybody else, a natural condition in everybody else. Yeah. I used before the example of the exponential pattern that nobody gets. Yeah. I can include me in that, right? Because exactly. if you see yeah. something, and yeah, if you see it, something a condition in everybody else that nobody else uh, seems to get, it's in you too. Yes. And so, how do you how do you how do you do things to be able to break that those down? And so you that that 10 questions that you tweeted out today. Yeah. And so, um, all, um, all of those. So I ask myself that and, and uh, each day, each night night and I have for 32 years, my kids have it. My, uh, friends have it. And, and, and wh- what I've, what I've found is through ups, downs and everything else that keeps me, it, by the way, I'm not saying let's use one. Am I putting thought into action? I'm not saying I'm always perfect at it, right? But but it's making me better at it all the time, right? Right. It's a, and so so it's not a way to measure. Oh, I'm bad at this. I'm uh, am I staying in balance? I'm not. I haven't always been perfect at it. But by asking myself the question in my subconscious, it forces me to come to a conclusion. Okay, that's important to watch. Yeah. To uh, and so you get you get better at those things.
0: It's so, it's wonderful. I, I, you have actually encouraged me to be a little more exacting about it because I, I you know, do and write a lot, but I, I want to get more, I guess, visual.
1: Um, and, and connected to this, Robert, and I know this, maybe this doesn't, doesn't seem so much like a Bitcoin uh, podcast, but, uh, but connected <laughs> to awesome. us, but, it, but, but our learning is actually the most important thing we have today. Yes. Your curiosity and your learning is actually the thing that will allow you to see patterns and that nobody else sees to be able to be able to take advantage and to design the life you want. It's the most important thing. So how I look at myself is I'm a hundred percent responsible for every single thing around me, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And well, well sometimes it might be someone else's fault or I got, I got hurt or something else. Mm-hmm. If I, if I blame somebody else, then I can't find the learning in me. Yeah, and so because I choose my time, I choose, uh, I, I choose all my time. I choose what I do, so I have to be responsible for everything else. Yeah. And that that sounds so it, it drives. It, and and there I can learn from everybody wherever because I'm learning. I'm learning faster as a result. Yeah, that would seem diametrically opposed to what I'm about to say, but it is not. In the same thing I do there for myself. I don't expect everybody else to have the same thing, right, right, right. and I don't need them to. Yeah, I have because um, it, it, I'm not trying to do it to be better. I'm trying to do it to be better for me, yeah, for the people around me. I'm not trying to do it as an ego to somebody else. I'm trying to improve my rate of learning. Yeah. So when I look at everybody else, I don't expect them to 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 do that or anything else. I have empathy for 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 where other people might be in their life. When I, when I say, when I say empathy, I don't mean sympathy. I mean, empathy. I, I, I I really try to understand how, what in your life led you to that conclusion, the way that you see the world, the way you see it. Mm. I don't, it doesn't mean I agree with them at all, but if I understand that, I can build better connection and I can build better and, 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 and sometimes better learning to me. Um, so it's, um, (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the uh, what is it? Deep thoughts, Jack Handy. Did you ever uh, empathy yeah. is about walking a mile in someone else's shoes. That's that way you're a mile away from them when you uh, when you don't d- agree with them, and and you have your and you have their shoes. <laughs> so, so so um but but it really is about uh, about that that empathy if you understand it. and and then you don't take all this the stuff that's kind of coming at you and everything else too seriously yeah it's their their thing right uh, you, but you understand it
0: right now i love that this uh movement back towards responsibility which is something you know, jordan peterson is really big on um, and we could say the blame to blame someone else is kind of an abdication of that responsibility because it is you choose who you interact with, how you spend your time, et cetera, et cetera. And I love you. You actually that's reflected in your language when you're using we instead of you or I. You're you're using a language that's more conducive to productive dialogue. Um, and we could say that you know we all of this we're talking about by the way this getting down to the ideas and learning and error correction, like it's all rooted in the logos in, in the, the classic concept of it. And that's what we're, we're, we should be aiming for, is better dialogue with one another, which is dialogos, like the, the coming right. together of logos between two people. Um, and all of that, that takes us back to this really important point in your book, I think is that it is hard to think differently though. We, you know, with central planning, it almost, it, it, it interrupts the dialogue in the marketplace or among market participants. And it seems like, you know, we're in this economic dogma, of growth is always good, right? We just have to optimize for growth. But to create that growth, we're creating debt, right? It's it's we're we're um, the central bank is actually creating more and more debt in the world, trying to stimulate the economy into more and more growth, but it's having a diminished return. I think the the we touched on yesterday was. I forgot the number $50 billion
1: in new debt or $50 trillion. 180, in new debt. 100, 100, 100, $185 trillion over the last 20 years of new debt. To create to, 40 uh, trillion. To 40, $46 trillion of economic growth. Right.
0: And once that's below one-to-one, it's sort of self-defeating because that debt is constraining future growth. Right. So we're just
1: sinking, but putting on the weights faster in a way. But connected to what you just asked, it's hard to think differently. Yeah. That's the... Um, our brains to be able to 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 ask that question and think different we're taught a certain set of circumstances and we don't want to it takes too much power to it takes too much curiosity to it's uh, to be able to go deeper and think differently mm-hmm. it's easier to trust the experts it's easier to trust somebody you, you assume somebody else has already done this work and they know better yeah, yeah. and and what ends up happening and i see this all the time and remember, we're in a phase transition yes. and, 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 and the beginner's mind has an advantage in the, uh, because they don't, have the, they don't have the same expectations of knowledge. But what you're seeing is, I read, the, here's a book that was written in the 1930s when technology didn't move as fast as it moves today and why gold will always be there or this or this. And people are uh, like over and over and over going back to different frameworks mm-hmm. for a different time. And they're so stuck into, okay, that's the framework and trying to fit the pieces together. And they're going back to experts and you hear the same worn out things over and over and over again, all based on what you just said. We believe that we can grow forever. Um, the, The very idea of growth is the thing that's breaking down because growth in an information system is just like it is an error correction. It's, it means information is free. Right. Today, look at what's, look at the information exploding. Information is free growth in an information system becomes free and more and more of our world is going into an information system. Right. Therefore more and more of our world should be going into massive negative growth, but productivity,
0: productivity, boom.
1: Yeah. So productivity, boom, but it it taking away growth and freeing our time. But, uh, but, but it's going, but it's going the other way because we have such a hard time with that concept. We our, our growth mindset means, okay, we need higher paying jobs. We need more jobs. We need, we need more, more things, more everything else. And even though it's sitting right in front of us all the way around, all around us, we can measure it in the things we're using every day. They're, they're becoming free. Yeah. We don't see it. Because our because our it's so hard to think differently, and so so uh, it, it, um, this is actually what makes entrepreneurs so so crazy or radical at the uh, the start because they see something that no one else sees and they build to it. Right. Uh, the Steve Jobs, the crazy ones, right?
0: Yeah. The
1: uh, celebrate the the celebrating the crazy ones, and and. This is actually the big idea in the in the book, right? The 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 big idea in the book is this is a totally different world that we're moving into that people aren't seeing. But the but the pushback against the existing system is it can't understand this.
0: Yeah,
1: and back to the same experts that that are that are causing that cause the pain because they can't see it. That are now defending that and everything else and looking for. Uh, you can understand why these these things happen so violently, or, 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 or why they become so challenging.
0: Yeah, no, it's, that's so interesting. So this is just coming to mind, I don't know if maybe, I'm not on a limb here, but maybe this is a, another way to think about it, is that we had growth in, I guess you could say spatial growth in the 20th century. We're trying to actually turn raw materials into more stuff to expand and build out, physically build out civilization. But when you reach a saturation point there, that you actually you become more of an informational society. So you look for to stop growing in terms of space so much, but more growth in terms of time. So so temporal (laughs) growth, which is productivity, you just do creating more output with less or the same inputs of time. And is that what it is? Is like we we got hung up on the word growth. So we're moving from one growth to another.
1: So think about most people that are listening this to today, especially in the U S we build houses, little houses for the things that we can't store in our big houses. Yeah. And, we put it- yeah. <laughs> and we have rows of ho- little houses that are storage that we never go and look at our things that we buy for that, that the, they sit there for years and there's a whole business around the, or the little houses that we store our stuff for our big houses, more yeah. and more things forever um, that we need more and more. And it's exactly what you just said, but the, but every, the things that are, that are changing is information is free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And information is this zoom call. It's free. Yeah. We don't need to, we don't need to fly on a plane to do this, uh, this, uh, uh, this call anymore. And the, and the zoom call with it, what this will look like in a couple of years Yeah, it will feel totally different. Yeah. It'll feel like we're in, in in the same room.
0: And because information is free, the quantity of information has absolutely exploded.
1: It explodes. And, it, and and that's what it, what ends up happening. In that information, you would expect to see as the information explodes, a whole bunch of really bad ideas.
0: Yes. A lot, of and, lot a of, whole bunch
1: of and a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah. You'd expect to see, but you would also expect to see error correction faster.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. this is so where, saying,
1: so the so the things that those ideas that cut through, uh, cut through the clutter and go, oh, that is something I need to to think about. You you pick up and it and it and it and it and it drives a whole bunch of change and and right. so that's what that that's really what's ha- that's what, that's what's happening and it's just starting.
0: That's where, and I think this ties back into humility, right? Because you you're. <laughs> The world is changing so fast for you to think that your mental model is equipped, like it's fully baked, right? It's all you'll ever need. Yeah, that totally. arrogance is so self-defeating. So the yeah. new appropriate mental model is like maximal humility.
1: Like you're, Maximum, hum, humility allows you to see what uh, that, that you need to see. That's to learn, exactly right. Exactly to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, there's two quotes in your book that I loved on this. It was. Uh, argue as if you were right, but listen as if you were wrong. Right, Which I think is just tremendous, right? You're, you know, uh, and And, then the second one, which is connected, strong opinions, weekly held.
1: Yeah. And I got that from Bob Sutton and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and those are the, the, those are really great frameworks Mm -hmm. to use, uh, to use today. In fact, in, in Twitter, some of my favorite people that are do that. The constant yep. weight. Right. That is a piece. Right. And by the way, they're not, when they see a piece like that, that actually adds to, to knowledge and advances that and not just for Bitcoin, but for any knowledge, they're not, af- they're not afraid of their ego. They celebrate the other author. Even if that other author has 10 views or right. 10, 10 followers, yeah. they celebrate they they, they they celebrate that instead of saying it's all me, right? They're yes. there. Those, those, type of people in, a, in an ecosystem actually build an ecosystem.
0: Right. Yeah. I love, I love that about Bitcoin Twitter is that it really does. It is very idea meritocratic. It doesn't matter yeah. if you've got two followers or 200,000, if you're putting good quality content out there, it gets to the surface. I mean,
1: relatively fast. Yeah. Really fast. Yeah, re, uh, really fast.
0: Um, so that, that, yeah. So interesting. And it, it it's like humility is, increasingly valuable the faster change is occurring because we're (laughs) naturally less able to deal with it, right? We're back to that human inability to comprehend exponential change amid the greatest technology boom of all time.
1: And go back to just, just think, think think about this from any power power. What do you think of about somebody who, uh, who has a whole bunch of wealth or power and, and flaunts it? Just what do you personally think about that person? Just poor character. So I think I think about and and this is the this is I better read my questions so I don't. <laughs> but but I used but I used to, I, I, I used to think, are you kidding? I, like how dare you act like that? I want to knock you off that pedestal so fast. Um, that's that's what I, uh, that's what I would have uh, that's what I, we want to attack somebody that looks like that right. because it feels so it uh, it feels uh, it, it feels so wrong like it feels so like uh, it, it, so so when you have humility you learn faster, you're you're more open and everything else and 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 by by doing that you also build a uh, build a, actually a, a larger kind of probably a, Maybe a longer time span <laughs> mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to um, yeah. I, I I just if I if I think about my personal thing about or anybody that the kind of steps into arrogance. Right. I have a natural aversion to that.
0: Yes, agreed. It's um, and it seems like that was more common. Again, it's this, we're uh, what is the old quote where the tools we make in turn make us in a way where humility may have not been as useful in the 20th century when things weren't moving as fast because it wasn't as, as much new information to adapt to. Right. And maybe that's why we had, uh, you know, it was sort of characterized by dictators and a lot of uh, bureaucratic arrogance and, and things like that. Um, but by a result of this technological shift underway, it actually shifts the character traits that become competitively competent in the new model.
1: I love what you just said. Uh, the, I love what you just said. That's exactly, I think the, the, the t- character traits that become more valuable in an economic system mm-hmm. because they learn faster. Yes. It, it, uh, it is that. And one of those is that humility. So you can learn faster. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. If you think about what we're trying to learn against, we're trying to learn against supercomputers that are uh, that are learning at a rate that uh, the, the standard isn't you or I t- uh, trying to learn it against each other. The standard is to to um, to to learn at that rate. What are you doing every day to learn at that rate? Right. Like, what are you doing? And and it's it's really important. Yeah. What are, what are the things holding you back from seeing what you need to see? The, kind of those questions that I uh, that I said. What are those? What are the things that keep on happening to you in your life yeah. that you think it's everybody else, but it's really you.
0: Right, right, right. Um, what
1: are the thing? What are the, what are the different areas of focus that you should be curious about and and, and learn deeper? But where do you, how do, and how do you invite a whole bunch of people around you that hold both you accountable, you hold them accountable to that uh, to that learning and and humility.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, and in doing so, become better than you could on your own, right? Just for people to reflect your blind spots or weaknesses back to you is just immensely important. Um, I think, so the the other thing I liked about, you you went into, so we're we're in this technology boom, as we've definitely covered. One of the examples I really liked that you went into in your book were the case of autonomous vehicles. So it's, you know, most Americans at least own an automobile. Uh, it sits idle 95% of the time, which is crazy. It's like to think that you own this asset outright. It's a very, typically the second most expensive asset for most people next to their home. Uh, and it sits idle. You don't even use it 95% of its you know useful life. Um, and how the implications of digital technology by being able to automate Uh, driving, the second order effects that has on the city um, and and parking area, you know, uh, urban design even. I thought that was a great example of, it's more than just, although the information technology is what drives the change, it's reshaping physical reality as well.
1: Yeah. So, so if you take that example and, and just say, um, And it forces you ask the different question, right? So, uh, uh, self-driving cars. So, um, I don't need a one day. I won't need a steering wheel in my car. I won't need it. Just drive. um, In other words, um, and some people might choose that. Some eventually, everybody will choose it because it'll be safer and uh, everything else. And insurance rates on the existing would go through the roof Mm -hmm. because uh, because human error is the biggest source of a source of accidents, insurance claims, everything else. Yeah. And that, so you can, if, when you go through the list of what we think now, why we buy now versus what it would look like in the future against self driving, everything changes. And so why do you own a car? Um, and a lot of people will tell themselves when they ask when I ask that question, I own a car cause I like to drive. Mm-hmm. Right? I own a car cause I, I I want this and I love this. And by the way, I might ask her the same thing because because I grew up in a different system. Mm-hmm. But but why I really want a car is for convenience. I want a car with well, the minute I want it, and I want it whenever I want it, I just, for as long as I want it. I want it for convenience. And I don't just want one car. Um, I, I, we need two for our family and... Uh, I have a 57 bus, 1957 bus, but that's a long story. So, because we won't both want convenience and, and 95% of the time it sits, in the drive, it sits in the driveway. So you need two parking spots, two car garage, everything else, if we're both, if, if we're both uh, downtown, there needs to be two parking spots downtown for our cars. There, everything, the entire system has to be designed around that. Well, it sits idle ninety-five percent of the time, uh, well, and and so the capacity utilization on a on a car is five percent. And with self-driving cars, it, it'll change that capacity utilization. Probably not up to hundred percent, but up to fifty percent or sixty percent. Where where if as long as I have a car when I need it, I'll I won't buy a car. I'll use the the network yeah and and so so my car, whether I buy a car and then I lease it back or then I uh, rent it back to the network so it can go out and pick up other people instead of being idle and it can drive them around instead of being idle, it changes everything it changes park it explodes all of the parking in cities and if you think about how much parking is in cities that expands into either park space or, or residential space, it changes so many different variables. Just out of that one change. And people do, People typically look at, I know they look at this because if you look at, the, look at the forecast of car manufacturers over the next five years and look at the number of cars they have forecasted that they're going to sell. And
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: upwards on a hockey stick, not a hockey stick, but an tr- upward trajectory. Because they all believe that there's going to be more and more cars sold because there always has been more and more cars sold. Sold, yeah. but if five percent utilization rate goes to fifty percent utilization rate, then there's going to be way less cars sold, and all of that collapses, and it turns into an entirely different model. It looks like a software as a service model. Yeah, um, the aggregate supply and the aggregation of supply on a network creates more variable, more choice for buyer. More, more, I have a car whenever I want it. I don't have to wait three minutes. I only have to wait 30 seconds um, with more or more supply. And I get choice of whatever car I want instead of one car. And it looks exactly like a networked platform. So that's what that's in the future of this industry. And it changes, it changes so many different things about about the automotive, the automotive industry looks completely different as do many other industries as a result of it.
0: Yeah, it's it, the, well, I thought I got this from Mises in human action actually, it's like, it's we don't value physical goods. Humans don't care about actual physical goods. It's always about the services they render. So we can say that all goods are services. You have a plot of land, it's not the plot of land it's whatever you're doing with the land it's the service it's rendering to you it's hunting ground or it's leisure ground whatever it may be and for, for cars you know it's clearly transportation is the, the primary service it's also status for a lot of people you know it's the kind of it's an avatar for themselves if you will if you drive whatever a nice car uh, may represent that you're rich or where, where you are in the socioeconomic hierarchy or it could even be a statement of values you know a lot of people drive the Prius in California rah-rah environmentalists, or maybe you drive a Tesla. Um, So what does the, I guess, the other thing from from Mises I got was, the job of the entrepreneur, as to your point earlier, is to fit the world to its future, anticipated future data structure. So what does the world actually look like from a data standpoint in the future, and how can I bridge the gap between where we are today to where I think it's gonna be? and that's the bet and risk you're taking to try and create a profit yep. by solving problems for people in that new world. What, like, what are all, I mean, the, the one thing that comes to mind is, is the, the, by eliminating, to, to your point in the book, we eliminate parking space in the city, so we've increased economic density. What else do you think, like, how else does this impact the world?
1: Um, we eliminate it, we, we, we eliminate insurance. Mm. We, um, we, we, um, we, so, and, and we're just talking about, so we, we eliminate a whole bunch of cars from the road, mm-hmm. uh, from, or, for, or from production. So production falls, mm-hmm. we eliminate insurance, we eliminate parking in, uh, um, in this, uh, in, in, in the cities, um, and, and a bunch of that, as well as that change is happening. Um, Zoom and and conferencing and everything else is changing in a different order where, wait, I don't even need to be in the city as often. Yeah, right. I I can move somewhere totally different at a way lower cost of money and make... uh, and, and, and change my, so there's so many changes right now. It's actually why I'm, uh, <laughs> my day job is not what we're doing. My day uh, w- w- It's building these types of companies and working with entrepreneurs that are doing this. And it is so wild. It's so much fun yeah. because, because you're actually uh, you're, you're, you're creating kind of where these, uh, where these things are going at your the front of edge of it. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride but it changes a, it, it, um, so that part of and, and for entrepreneurs out there and how much opportunity there is in this change is staggering it is yeah. staggering because just about every industry comes down to what you just said about Mises is actually true and what's, what's happening is here's a, an example um, we, in a business you always used to have, a, have to have a server mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you needed a server yeah. and then 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 Amazon and or aWS and uh, and and uh, Microsoft change that you rent servers. you rent storage space or you rent server space and so so you have the need and it provides the need in a different way and it reduces the cost of, of access but that same thing is what we think we need the the physical good yeah. to provide in in the automotive example of so I'm paying, I'm, I'm overpaying for a car that sits idle 5%, 95% of the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: for convenience.
0: Yeah.
1: And if I, if you solve convenience in a different way, you have a totally r- radically different business.
0: Right, right, right.
1: That's
0: interesting. And so I, I, is it yeah, the sharing economy? Is that like, we're moving more to just by, I guess, cause I assume in that autonomous driving world car ownership would probably collapse as well. Like why would you own a car when you could just rent whatever you needed, whatever, maybe you'd still own, maybe some people still
1: own one, but but, 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 but if you, if you owned what you would likely do if or if you to right? make money on it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not in use right now. Rent it back to the fleet and make money on it.
0: Rent it back to the fleet. Yeah. So, is that the 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 big theme here? Is that we're we're gonna move more into a sharing economy by, I guess, increasing the u- utilization rate of assets. We'll move more, more less rate.
1: less less things. Yeah, less things, more things have become digitized.
0: More utilization per thing.
1: More utilization.
0: Yeah, interesting. And uh,
1: it's
0: so funny because I I the comparison I drew in my mind there with Bitcoin I was like okay autonomous autonomous vehicles eliminating all this idle parking space which is like I think the number was 30 percent of LA is parking right yeah maybe it's 20% I'm not sure but so you eliminate all that idle asset effectively and then you could put commercial asset there in its place so you have increase the economic density of the city the okay, but,
1: but just just do what you just said Look and look at what's happened right now, and it's just a sign of things to come with Zoom and the commercial asset of the city. Right, right. So, does it need all that space? Do we
0: need the economic density in the we city? We need
1: space? Uh, all that space, yeah. and all the restaurants in the space are actually designed around. There's a whole bunch of people downtown at a certain time.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And and and, and all the other services around the uh, the the from dry cleaning to everything else is around the same function. Right. So, so those changes, those structural changes change so many other things.